This is an editorially independent program supported with funding by Johnson & Johnson Vision. My name is Rana Jaraha, and this is the third and final installment in a special series about LASIK. We've covered the excellent outcomes LASIK technology provides and how to relate to patients and overcome fears in the first two episodes. Today, we're going to speak about marketing, specifically social media marketing. We've gathered an exceptional group of experts here today, all of whom have participated previously in the podcast series. First, we have Dr. George Waring from Waring Vision Institute in Charleston, South Carolina. Hello, all. Next, we have Dr. Blake Williamson of Williamson Eye Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hi, Rana. I'm happy to be here. We also have with us Dr. Bill Wiley of Cleveland Eye Clinic in Brecksville, Ohio. Hello, everyone. And our final panel member is Dr. James Loden of Loden Vision in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello to everyone. Let's dive in. So consumer research tells us that LASIK patients are primarily college educated, have a household income greater than $50,000, and are reliant on technology and social media. How are you marketing to your potential patients? Dr. Loden? I've been in practice marketing LASIK in my area continuously for 20 years now, so we've developed a brand in our region that continues to benefit us. Now it's a combination of the brand we've developed over time and using multiple marketing venues all at the same time. We obviously have a very leading edge website with different landing pages for different procedures, Then we have Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest pages for social media marketing. We have a presence on YouTube, and we have different blogs out there as well, which we think is important for people researching LASIK. We also continue to use a smattering of traditional marketing, such as radio, local print media, and TV. The point is, you can't use just one form of marketing. It really has to be all hands on deck if you want to build a large LASIK practice. Dr. Waring, what do you do to attract patients? We do health fairs and outreach programs where our marketing group and technicians will go out and offer dry eye screenings with LipaFlow and use that to talk about laser vision correction opportunities. We also include some kind of call to action or raffle that would allow people to come in for a complimentary LASIK evaluation. We also do in-house educational opportunities for prospective patients. Finally, we market via local news and publications which highlight the practice. Community engagement remains a significant initiative for our institute. We feel the opportunity to educate is agnostic and important. Dr. Wiley, what's your approach to marketing? So we've had a variety of traditional and social media marketing. What we really found to be the most important is our website. You know, 98% of our patients visit us uh, on the website before calling us. So whether someone hears about uh, you via social media or any other form, they're all going to you know, ultimately visit your website, and that's where you have to convince them to choose your practice. That's very true. We work carefully with the website team for search engine optimization to make sure we are using the right keywords and right material in the right location. Everything is cross-referenced so that traffic from social media is all driven to our website. Marketing through so many platforms can become complex and time-consuming. Do you hire this out, or do you handle it in-house? Dr. Waring? We handle all of our social media in-house. We have one employee dedicated to overall marketing and another employee responsible for social media. Then we have other employees who wear multiple hats and are cross-trained on a variety of functions, including overall marketing and social media. We've also found that we're a lot more flexible when we do our marketing in-house, but we do hire out certain projects, like we create original videos using film crews. 
We've created educational videos, patient testimonials, and even live surgery videos that are housed on our YouTube page. These videos are highly ranked in Google searches and have incredible numbers of shares and views. Dr. Wiley? So it's definitely not me. I can tell you the ins and outs of LASIK, uh, corneal inlays, and other refractive surgeries, but I'm not a marketer. You know, I'm quick to recognize what I know and what I don't know, and we like to outsource things that we're not specialized in. You know, I, can, I definitely recommend hiring a professional, or if you can't afford that, find somebody on your team that has an interest in developing their marketing skills and start with them. We have somebody on our team who specialized in this and does a great job. But we've also uh, hired specialized firms to do things like keep us up with Google searches, keywords. You know, Google is key for marketing. I joined my family practice that, similar to Dr. Loden's, had a long-standing, recognized brand in the community. And we continue to participate in a, a variety of, of marketing venues. Most of the more traditional marketing is handled by an in-house team, but I tend to sort of lead the social media marketing myself, along with some of my teammates who, who also help me. You know, I'm 35 years old, and it's uh, it's an area that appeals to me. Um, it's something that I you know, grew up in uh, in the age of social media, so I tend to kind of take it on. I do post a lot myself, or I can come up with ideas and ask my marketing team to carry them out. I have different teammates that have access to my different social media accounts, um, and so all of us are kind of peppering different things in there. And I think the biggest thing is um, that that allows you to do is sort of document as opposed to create. So there's a movement to sort of worry or focus more on documentation and you know posting more raw things and not having everything be so polished and that, that creates a layer of authenticity. Um, so document versus create is something that uh, we've been focusing on in our practice with our social media campaigns. It sounds like most of you have someone in-house that handles your social media, if not more of your marketing. Do you look for someone in a specific age demographic to take on this task? Dr. Waring? Yes, we have someone in their mid-20s, and this is the age that understands it and has the most experience with using social media. There are many talented people between about 27 and 35 who can design brochures, commercials, print ads, and manage a social media account. When I'm looking for someone, I ask them to show me their Instagram account, talk to them about Pinterest, ask them to make a live Facebook video, and then ask them to design me a print ad for LASIK on the spot. If they can do all that and also know how to plan a special event, then they're probably going to be a good hire. One great thing about social media is that, as opposed to a radio ad that is difficult to track, you know exactly how many people have seen your post, interacted with it, and shared it. What posts are most likely to trend, to really get traction and engage your audience? We post a variety of things on social media, but our live feeds from patients are definitely the most successful. First, everyone signs a video and photography waiver. Then our laser suite is glass, so we encourage friends or family that come with the patients to do a live feed if they're so inclined, or take either video or photos to post afterwards if they're more comfortable with that. Another key moment to capture is when we check their vision right after surgery, showing that they very well may have 20-20 vision right off the table. The goal is to encourage them to take it with their own phones post to their own accounts, and then tag us so that the video can go out to hundreds or thousands of friends who are probably not actively associated with our institute. These patient videos are really impactful and generate the most traction. Well, video is king on social media, and some of the best ones are quite simple. So I make a lot of casual videos just with my phone, but I also started using a new video app called Promo. So Promo has thousands of these high-quality stock videos to which I can add text and music and can create these really effective, uh, you know, sometimes funny, 
uh, and catchy marketing pieces. And one thing about social media is that it is constantly changing. I'm now learning about the importance of, of stories, both on Instagram and on Facebook. And stories, basically, they show up chronologically as opposed to the posts that are being uh, being prioritized because they're paid or, or have high engagement according to these different complex algorithms. It's important to, to keep up on these things and know uh, what your intended audience will actually see. Uh, and these stories are, are kind of like Snapchat in the sense that they'll show up for about 24 hours and they disappear. So again, going in line with the whole document versus create, I think that fits in nicely. And like Dr. Waring, we also have large windows into our operating suite. So we can encourage patients, family, or friends to take videos and pictures. And anything your patients post directly is always better than what you post yourselves, right? So the, th- the thought about that is if, you know, back in the day before social media, if, you know, a patient had a great outcome, they might have told one or two people, right? Well, these days when they make a post on social media, they're literally telling everybody they've ever met, right? So think about it. Um, you know, if you're scrolling through your Facebook page, how often do you see posts of friends that you haven't seen in many years, right? So, so, so you're literally telling everyone. And what that does is it scales your word of mouth. So word of mouth is still king in terms of referrals. So social media can allow you to scale that. So uh, as far as how do I do it and how do I have them take it on their phone, I just say to patients, you know, hey, we should get a picture together and post it, uh, but I don't have my phone. You just want to take it on yours. And I intentionally leave my phone uh, you know, in, in the desk or something like that outside the lane. Um, and uh, another, another option is to take it yourself, but simply just text it to the patient. So that way they have it on their phone. The goal is to get it on their phone. Dr. Wiley? We always take a picture with the patient on their phone, and we've done a variety of incentives to have them post it. We have them tag us, and once we even gave away an Apple Watch to, a, to whoever posted the best picture. Last year after Hurricane Harvey, we donated $50 towards recovery efforts for every person who live streamed their surgery from their own account. We really don't have to do a lot of work to get people to post live video because eye surgery is pretty cool. And if people are posting what they eat for breakfast, they're definitely going to post live eye surgery if you just make it available for them. It's true. Our job is to have the infrastructure there with the most relevant sites and then to create a methodology so it's intuitive to capture new testimonials and to consistently get new material out there so it's fresh. You also need to use hashtags appropriately. Ah, yes. Can you elaborate on how you do that? To me, it's most effective to hashtag a few high-yield searchable words such as vision correction or LASIK. We're not sure that the long, funny phrases that are so esoteric are that useful. It certainly can add color, but it may not be that anybody's going to search them. We talk a lot about organic content with social media and just finding things that people naturally want to share, especially since it's free to set up accounts and post. But when do you need to start dedicating part of your advertising budget to social media? Dr. Williamson, what are your thoughts? So. We like to think of social media uh, as our free advertising, but the paid posts that can be boosted uh, can really scale it to a wider audience that, that will actually see your content. And really, I believe that this can be some of the best money invested in, in any advertising. I think that you know Facebook is the most powerful advertising tool ever invented because of the, the hyper-targeting based off psychographics and demographics. One sort of example of this is, is last year, we wanted to launch a new technology at Williamson Eye, and I decided to just make a little video about it. Uh, the video cost me nothing to produce. It was very raw and, and, and unedited. Uh, and I just spent $100 to boost that video. Well, that $100 investment ended up yielding 29,000 views on Facebook, and it was shared over 100 times. 
that ended up generating about 19 consultations, which ended up becoming uh, you know, corneal inlays or, or LASIK procedures or, or dysfunctional lens replacements, refractive cataract surgery, you name it. Um, in the end, we kind of looked at the ROI. That, that $100 investment generated almost $50,000 uh, in revenue. So I don't think uh, uh, any of our traditional forms of advertising have such a dramatic uh, ROI as social media. Wow, what a fantastic result. Question, how do you juggle social media and HIPAA concerns? As part of our electronic check-in, we have both the standard HIPAA privacy policies and procedures, then a second waiver for the use of photographs and videos that patients can opt out of. We include ancillary HIPAA training along with the standard HIPAA training for all of our staff, and beyond that, we try to create an atmosphere where it's never forced that patients have to promote their experience. We want the patients to be excited and want them to share their journey really on their own, and, and most clients are so excited they're happy to do this. I have all of my patients sign a waiver saying that I can use the video and images online and I also say to them, you know, thanks for agreeing to share your story with our followers either before or after capturing the image or video. A lot of times I do that uh, during the video itself and, and that kind of puts the, the viewers who are viewing it on social media at ease uh, in case they had any sort of like HIPAA type questions. And, you know, I find that, I find that patients are, are really willing to do that. You just did them a, a, an amazing service. You've done something that's transformative for their vision uh, and they're sitting in the chair just gushing about how happy they are. I think it, it makes natural sense to say, you know, I'd love if you, if you shared this story and, and sort of, you know, tell more people about the benefits of refractive surgery and how it can transform someone's life. A lot of people are scared uh, of having laser eye surgery for some reason. Um, and, you know, your message will go, to do a long way to, uh, go a long way to help educate uh, your community about the benefits. And they're very receptive to that. This has all been very informative, and hopefully our listeners can take home some of these pearls for use in marketing their own practices. A huge thank you to Drs. Waring, Wiley, Williamson, and Loden for sharing their experiences here with us today. And that concludes our podcast series on successes with LASIK. Thank you to Johnson & Johnson for supporting this editorially independent program. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you haven't listened to our previous installments, I urge you to do so. Thanks again.